Hello, this is Wes Fryer coming to you from Oklahoma City, and this is going to be a recording of this morning's Sunday School class on March the 15th, 2020. Our Sunday School classes were actually canceled this week because of spring break holidays, but we are anticipating, because of the coronavirus crisis, potentially more social distancing, and it remains to be seen exactly what all the schedules will be. And so we took an opportunity this morning to gather online in a go-to-meeting video conference, and we discussed the fourth chapter of Richard Swinson's book, More Than Meets the Eye, Fascinating Glimpses of God's Power and Design, and chapter four is titled The Brain and the Nervous System. Our focus first was Psalm 105, and if you would like to access the slides to this, there's actually a recorded video and the referenced uh, resources from this class presentation, you can access those by going to the website followjesus.westfriar.com. So without further ado, here is a recording of today's class. This conference will now be recorded. Hello and good morning, everyone. Today is March the 15th, 2020, and this is West Fryer, and we have several of our Sunday School members in the room today, we are going to be having our first virtual Sunday School class, and we're going to basically follow the same format that we've been we've been following, except we'll have an opportunity to interact via chat, um, as well as if you want to talk, but we want to let everyone know that we are recording this session, but I'm going to be cutting out all the joys and concerns portion at the end. So um, we will be reading from Psalm 105. If you want to get out your Bible and get that ready, I have the uh, NIV version of that entire chapter that we're going to read. And if you are joining us now, in the upper right corner, there is a couple, there are a couple icons that you can check out and One of them is the chat icon that looks like a speech bubble. And so that will be the place that you can feel free to use that as a back channel to talk, talk among yourselves as, as I'm sharing some things and feel free to interrupt as well. When you, when you mouse over your screen, you um, will see the controls to be able to mute and unmute your microphone. So today we are going to be continuing our study of Richard Swenson's uh, book, More Than Meets the Eye, Fascinating Glimpses of God's Power and Design. And this is uh, chapter is called the brain and the nervous system and i have i have three videos as as sometimes happens we won't we may or may not have time i want to conclude at the top of the hour and be respectful of everyone's time and of course encourage everybody if if you didn't tune in at the early service to tune into the 11:15 service which is going to be 15 minutes after we conclude here um, we're going to continue, hopefully, to just take take chapters one at a time uh, for this book. And so if you haven't had a chance, you can order this on Kindle or you can order the paper version. And uh, we're just going to plan to kind of keep on moving forward through these chapters. And if we find one that we want to you know, take some more time on, we certainly can. But I think that I haven't actually done the exact math, but I'm pretty sure we'll be able to conclude this by the end of our Sunday School uh, lesson cycle in May. So remind everyone that these resources, as well as the videos, are available not only in a Google Classroom, which is really private just to our class, but all of the the resources are on the the website followjesus.westfriar.com. And so our format is going to be basically the same. Our table talk is obviously going to be a little bit different. Um, You don't have to speak out loud if you don't want to in our class, but it would be kind of cool if you do. and so you, that's where the chat comes in, in terms of uh, sharing. And I have uh, definitely prepped my wife in advance that I think she'll be able to share. This is just a new format. So this is going to be new learning for, for everybody. Um, if you don't have the app for our church, I want to encourage you to do that. You can go to fpcedmond.org media, and you can download the Apple or Android version of the app. And actually, the, the service streams I realized, live on our website as well. So on this link, uh, if you don't have the app or want to use it, um, you can view the live stream when it it starts. So, and that basically I think just starts right at the service. And as a footnote, um, the sermons are recorded and so you you can listen to those, but I think because of music rights and rebroadcast rights and all those kind of things, you know, the whole services are not recorded. So you can catch the service live, but if you miss the service, the, the sermon is the only part of that that gets recorded. Um, so before I actually read our verse of the day, I want to read this from Hebrews 10, 
because I think this is pretty appropriate and I'm thankful for us being able to still gather, even though many of us are, are uh, not in church in, in uh, person today. Um, and this is a reminder too, that the church is not a, the church is not a building, right? Um, so this is from Hebrews 10, starting with the 19th verse. And we read this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so I thought that verse was appropriate today because of this encouragement to not give up meeting. Uh, we have heard and we, we would likely hear more about social distancing in the days and perhaps weeks ahead. And I, uh, I listened to a, a good podcast from the New York Times, maybe yesterday or the day before, and it was it was somebody who had been working from home for a couple weeks with their kids and then both spouses, and and they said, you know, while we're social distancing, it really is an opportunity for us to draw closer to our families, um, and I think it's also going to continue to be important for us to reach out and love, and concern for those in our church family and our neighbors and and all of. Uh, those that we have an opportunity to. So we're not going to give up meeting. And I thought that was an appropriate verse. So just a couple uh, notes as far as um, virtual meeting. Um, you know, whether there probably will be a few more folks, uh, you know, watching this on, as a recording versus live. And I want to encourage everyone who can um, routine to, to join live. Routines are important. And so uh, we are it looks like going to have our lives disrupted here a bit for we're not sure exactly how long um, at our school the last two weeks we've been preparing to potentially after spring break not have students and teachers physically come back to school but to be doing what people are calling remote learning or learning at home and so the chance for us to interact live um, i mean even now to you know be able to to chat and to be able to uh, potentially see each other as my dogs are fighting over here on the side, this is not the usual, you know, Sunday school environment here. Um, it's it's good. It's good for us to be able to do that. Lots of new learning opportunities. So I will continue to email out the members of our class, the join links. But if others are interested in joining us, um, this is an open invitation. Uh, my parents might join us sometime. Who knows? Uh, but on the website, followjesus.westfire.com, there is a Google form. And I'll also be including the recordings of these classes without our joys and concerns portion. So I think that this verse, I, I shared this last Sunday is really good. And these are 33 different verses about fear and anxiety. This is Isaiah 41 verse 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. And so in this time, I think it is super important for us to not have our you know, media on all the time, have our, our social media feeds on all the time. I think it's important that we have God's word on and we focus our minds on his messages and the encouragement that he gives. And so this was a little info pick that I made, a Bible verse info pick uh, with a picture of our little puppy uh, day before yesterday from Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so I've been making info picks like this for a while now. Um, if you want to go to the shortened link that's there in the corner, wfriar.me slash Bible, you can see those. But if you're comfortable sharing your Apple ID, you're just, of course, not your password, just your email. Uh, I can actually, there's, this is a shared album that I, I share in iCloud. And the way that works, uh, you, can, you can share it so people can just view it. But if you put people's Apple ID in there, uh, you get a notification when a new one comes on. So I don't do one every day. But anyway, and I share those on Facebook and other things. But important amidst all the other messages and images and things we're going to see to put these Bible verses and these, these images in our heads. So 
with all of that said, as a bit of a longer introduction, um, let's open up with prayer. And this is not a brain. This is actually like sea anemones, I think, that are off the Australian coast, maybe part of the Great Barrier Reef. <clears throat> anyway, they look rather brain-like. We're going to be talking about the, the amazing brain. So let's open up with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you give us um, to be able to gather together, Lord. Um, even though all of us are not together in the same physical place, Lord, we are together in spirit and we come together in our desire to learn from you and to open up your scripture and to open up your word. Because God, we know that um, you have told us where two or more are gathered and we're, we invite you to join, you join us. And so we invite your Holy Spirit to be with us this day, Lord. Open our minds and open our hearts to the message that you've prepared for us to receive. And Lord, in the days and weeks ahead, uh, help us not to be anxious. Help us to focus upon you and your son, Jesus. Help us to fill our minds with the encouragement that we find in the scriptures and uh, Lord, help us to find time to serve and ways to serve each other. Help us to continue to learn and grow, even though, um, you know, life, life may change and things may be a little bit different for a while. We know that you are our God and that you have been, you are, and you will be for all time. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Yeah. All right. So our big question today is how... Can more scientific insights into our human brains inform our faith? And I've mentioned that this book by Dr. Swinson is 20 years old. This was published in 2000. And I think there's still a lot of really good insights that he has for us. But certainly in the last two decades, we've, we've learned even more about the human brain and how it works and its complexity and, and um, things like that. And so, um, just as we're as we're watching some videos today and and considering scripture and thinking about the juxtaposition of those things as we've been doing in this class all all year long, uh, how how does that inform our faith? And in fact, if you um, want to and to get ready, I'm going to read uh, these verses from the Psalms. But in the chat window, if you want to go ahead and be responding to that, um, I I uh, I will be um, looking at that and giving voice to those things as we as we uh, reflect on the on the verses. So here we go. Here are here's our verse. This is the full Psalm 105. Um, this is from the New International Version. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim His name. Make known among the nations what He has done. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Tell of all His wonderful acts. Glory. In his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac, he confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake, he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. He called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him. The ruler of peoples set him free. He made him master of his household, ruler over all he possessed, to instruct his princes as he pleased and teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel entered Egypt. Jacob resided as a foreigner in the land of Ham. The Lord made his people very fruitful. He made them too numerous for their foes, whose hearts he turned to hate his people, to conspire against his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them, his wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark. 
For had they not rebelled against his words? He turned their waters into blood, causing their fish to die. Their land teemed with frogs, which went up into the bedrooms of their rulers. He spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. He turned their rain into hail with lightning throughout their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke, and the locusts came, grasshoppers without number. They ate up every green thing in their land, ate up the produce of their soil. Then he struck down all the firstborn in their land, the first fruits of all their manhood. He brought out Israel laden with silver and gold, and from among their tribes no one faltered. Egypt was glad when they left, because dread of Israel had fallen on them. He spread out a cloud as a covering, and a fire to give light at night. They asked, and he brought them quail. He fed them well with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed like a river in the desert. For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they fell heir to what others had toiled for, that they might keep his precepts and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. So I, I, I kind of made a red box there around verse 42, for he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. We are going to talk today a little bit about the brain and memory is going to be one of the topics we're going to touch on. And so my question uh, that I'd like for you to think about is what stories and truths from the Bible um, and our shared history, if we think about history, you know, all the way back, Adam and Eve, Abraham and Isaac, Joseph, all this shared history, you know, what are what are the stories that God calls us to remember? So if you want to put something into the chat window, you can uh, click up in the upper right corner of your screen where you see a little speech bubble and you can put an answer in there. Um, or somebody may want to uh, go ahead and just um, pipe in and, and join us. We're not asking everybody necessarily. If The more people we get in here, sometimes it's good to keep mics muted um, unless you're talking, um, but you don't have to. You, it's actually with a smaller group, we don't necessarily have to do that. So um, normally in class, we would have a little turn, pair, and share, and you would get to talk at your small table um, about this. So um, I'll, I'll put my wife on the spot because she's already there and she has spoken. So thinking of uh, Bible verses and Bible stories and things like that, <laughs> Shelly, what do you, and I'm thinking about from, you know, being a, being a, a preschool what what are what are the most important? Let me ask it this way: What are the most important Bible stories that you always wanted to imprint upon preschoolers when they were when they were coming in? You guys would do a lot of different stories, and so see, you're, she's both about. You have to unmute your microphone though, so we can hear you. So you gotta yeah, you gotta click on that little red button there at the bottom. She's saying she's highly distracted. All right, there you go. Um, one of the stories that I always loved to see the kids was the one where um, Jesus and um, the disciples were out fishing, and Jesus falls asleep, and um, and then they get afraid, and the storm comes up, and so um, you know, and they're saying, "Jesus, wake up! Jesus, wake up!" And so the kids would all wake up. We'd be interacting this story or acting it out. And, and that was always a favorite. Um, and Jesus would say, stop, be still. Um, and that was always a fun one um, to act out. And also there's a little song. Um, gosh, I, I can pull in the net, pull in the net, pull in the net. It's full of fish. So the story where Jesus goes out fishing and he tells them, um, the disciples say, oh, we haven't caught anything all night long. And Jesus says, well, throw the net on the other side. And so that's another one. Um, so teaching with songs and um, acting um, little Bible lessons out um, are one of my favorite things to do with kids. And it helps me remember um, Bible verses and then also just um, what was going on at that time. Awesome. Thank you so much for being brave and, and being willing to talk into our first live class here. Um, David has put into the chat, God calls us to remember laws and commandments. 
And certainly that whole, you know, verse from the Psalms is recording the Exodus and all of the miracles and things like that. Um, Denise, do you want to elaborate a little bit on what you put into chat there? Well, I, the story I thought it was just how faithful the Israelites had to be when they were escaping, you know, in the Exodus, and then they had to just walk into the water, hoping that the waters would part for them and that they would be safe. And then what a miracle it was that then the waters closed back up and kept them safe after they got to the other side. Absolutely. And I think of, of course, Passover, you know, the communion, but how, you know, the Jewish ritual of the Passover was to remember, you know, how, how the, the angel of the Lord passed over the, the houses of the Israelites and, you know, for them to have that written on their hearts and to remember those things and to not forget them. And so uh, all of those you know, stories of, and we just had the, the sermon series about Joseph and, you know, the way he was treated by his brothers and the way that God was faithful and, you know, used the time that he was in, you know, years that he had been in, in uh, sl you know, slavery and, 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 you know, suffering and anyway, use all those things ultimately to fulfill his plan and uh, for us to remember those things and, you know, remember God's faithfulness. Um, so, hey, it says the Baileys are going to try, uh, try this while driving. So they're going to be off of Wi-Fi for a little bit. Um, anything, any other thoughts that anybody has either that you want to put into chat or if anybody wants to just grab the mic and say something, what, what other stories and truths from the Bible uh, come to mind, um, that, that God calls us to remember and not to forget? Well, of course, we're going into Easter now, so we have all those great stories of Palm Sunday coming up and, of course, the, the resurrection, and those are all great things for us to remember, especially now. Absolutely, absolutely, and, you know, that's one of the things I think I've connected with a little more at Christmas time, and maybe it's because our leadership has, has mentioned it, or I don't know why. You Sometimes, you know, the Bible is this living living uh, book, right, so that things are, are, your eyes are opened up to things as, as uh, you continue to read it and study it. But, you know, this connection between Christmas and Easter, you know, some, sometimes we focus so much on thinking of Jesus, the child in the creche, which of course is a, is a great image to think of and the miracle of his birth uh, and all of the things that surrounded that and the coming of the Messiah. But, you know, how that culminates in not only uh, the, you know, the crucifixion, but in the resurrection and, and all of that good news. Okay, well, very good. Well, um, I want to go ahead and show a video, and this will be kind of fun. We haven't done this before. Uh, this is my, I mean, I've taught in some different environments, but this, lo the, the log me in room that we're in, uh, I tested this, and I'm pretty sure this is going to work. So all the videos that we have are, are on a playlist that you can access. Um, and so last week, you know, we did not have time to take a look at all of those, but we were talking about the eyes and the ears and how, you know, those are, um, very complex organs, and they're also, you know, kind of windows into um, how God has fashioned us and how, you know, one of the themes from last week was, I think, how we can be witnesses of the same thing. We can see the same thing, hear the same thing, but not necessarily, you know, hear the same thing. And so um, I'll include a couple quotations from chapter four from Dr. Swinson, and then we'll take a look at our first video. And when we look at the video, uh, you are welcome to use the chat because we will, we're going to do the same kind of thing we've done before where we'll do a see, think, and wonder. So is there something that, you know, comes up and, and you, you think is, uh, worth, you know, sharing or thinking about, you can go ahead and put those on. So here are a couple uh, slides of quotations from chapter four talking about the brain. This first one's really just talking about the complexity. So Swinson writes, the brain, pride and joy of the nervous system is staggering in its abilities and complexity. Despite all of our modern scientific research, we are only beginning to penetrate the brain's secrets. The basic cell of the brain is called the neuron of which there are 10 billion, some estimate as high as 100 billion. This seems like a large number, but it requires only 33 doublings of the first neuron cell to arrive at the 10 billion. Uh, that's exponential growth. That's my little insertion there. In addition to long extensions called axons, each neuron has 10,000 tiny branching fibers and filament, filamentous projections called dendrites, a name derived from the Greek word for tree. Each neuron is thus in contact with 10,000 other neurons for a total of 100 trillion neurological connections. 
And so even though our computers continue to advance and there's you know amazing technology, like the technology, the biological uh, you know complexity of, of the brain and the way in which it worked works is is absolutely stunning and amazing. On the topic of memory in chapter four, um, this is something that Swenson writes. He says, even though we know that the brain generates both electrical and chemical activity, we still do not know precisely what thinking is or intuition or consciousness or what distinguishes the mind from the brain. And I'll just pause there and insert that you know, taking a few philosophy classes, this is the mind-body problem is sometimes how that's formulated, meaning like, you know, we, uh, oh, some people disagree about this, but, you know, I, I would say as Christians, we certainly understand that the mind is far more than just biology and chemistry. There are some that would say, you know, it's just chemicals, there's nothing else going on, but you know, separating mind from brain, we you know we can't when, and haven't created an artificial brain or you know been able to um, you know I don't I don't think uh, gain huge insights in we know where some things are stored and we know functions of the brain. But anyway, this mind body problem continues to be a big question in philosophy. So I'll continue reading. Swenson goes on. He says. Some believe it is only a matter of additional research before all becomes clear. Others disagree. To them, the brain is a black box that will always be more than the sum of its parts. For example, how did Einstein's brain do it? In 1905, he was poor, underemployed, estranged from the world, rejected by Europe's academic establishment, without a country, and stung by his parents' disdain for his older uh, Serbian wife. Yet somehow, in that one miraculous year at the age of 26, he published five papers that changed our fundamental understanding of physics forever. And obviously Einstein was a remarkable person in, in many, you know, many ways. I think they actually did take, you know, they've studied his brain, they removed his brain, and they, you know, tried to figure out what was, you know, unique and special about his brain. But all of us have this incredible organ, you know, called the brain that has, you know, complexity and functioning that, that I think still awes uh, basically everyone who who looks at it would just regardless of of uh you know faith and and belief and, and theology and things like that so here's the video i'd like to to show you this is from the same series that we've watched a few videos from national geographic it's called brain 101 um, this is a four minute video and so what we're going to do is take a look at this and then we will um, take a few minutes to do a see, think, and wonder uh, as far as the things that stand out. So just take a look at this and uh, see what um, stands out for you. And let's see, oh, okay. Yeah, and there was a question in the chat. Um, as far as the uh, the playlist, you can you can actually go to, and I think Greg got it, but you can go to the followjesus.westfire.com and click media and that the link to that playlist is there as well. So. Keep, keep your questions coming and I'll keep uh, giving those voice as we move forward. All right, here we go. Here's our first video. Okay, you're, you're not hearing the video, Kelly? No, we don't hear. No, we're not hearing anything. Oh, we see. well, isn't that lovely? Okay. Well, here we go. Let's see if I'm going to have computer audio is on. This is my first time to try this and playing a, a video from the, it says turn off computer audio. No, I don't want to do that. Huh. You know, this is, what, what would this be without a technical glitch? Um, I'm pretty sure. I can, if I needed to, just use my built-in play, play this through my. Is it because you have your earphones in? I mean, it might be. I don't know. Okay. Let me try that. I'll, I'm going to take my headphones out. All right. So now we're on speakers. Let's try this in again. Humans, the brain is a three-pound gelatin. Yes. Yes. Ah. Okay. All right, <laughs> now I'm jumping all over the place. Okay, so we'll try this, and then I'm gonna have to do a little homework to figure out how to do this better. I'm gonna turn my speakers up, and we'll give this another try, and uh, let me know 
in the chat if this you can hear this. Oh, shoot. The brain is the most complex organ in the human body. As part of the nervous system, the brain coordinates all of the body's functions. In adult humans, the brain is a three pound gelatinous mass of fat and protein. It's comprised of four main regions, the cerebrum, the cerebellum, the brainstem, and the diencephalon, and each one controls specific tasks. The largest section is the cerebrum, and it makes up over three quarters of the brain's volume. It consists of neurons and nerve fibers that transmit information from the neurons throughout the brain and body. The cerebrum controls higher functions such as learning, reasoning, and speech, plus senses like sight and hearing. Under the cerebrum is the second largest part of the brain, the cerebellum. Much like the cerebrum, the cerebellum has nerve cells and nerve fibers. It carries signals to other parts of the brain and the spinal cord. The cerebellum is responsible for coordinating muscle movements, particularly those that help maintain the body's balance and posture. The third region, the brainstem, lies in front of the cerebellum and anchors the brain to the spinal cord. The brainstem is a collection of structures that include the pons, a mass of nerve fibers that carry sensory information, the midbrain, a region of fibers and structures that help control movement, along with auditory and visual processing, and the medulla oblongata, which creates motor and sensory pathways between the midbrain, the pons, and the spinal cord. Altogether, the parts of the brainstem control vital bodily functions, such as cardiac activity, respiration, digestion, and sleep. The fourth region is located above the brainstem and makes up the core of the brain, the diencephalon. About the size of an apricot, the diencephalon is a grouping of several structures. The thalamus, which processes and transmits information from all senses except smell, and the hypothalamus and pituitary gland, which work together to produce and regulate neurochemicals. These structures help govern sensations, weight regulation, energy, and instinctual behaviors, such as eating, drinking, and having sex. The brain's four main components, the diencephalon, brainstem, cerebellum, and cerebrum, work in sync to ensure bodily functions are fully operational. The brain has even evolved mechanisms to protect itself. One such mechanism is the blood-brain barrier, a semi-permeable cellular wall that only allows specific chemicals to enter from the body's bloodstream into the brain. Hmm. Despite this protection, tumors and other complications can lead to life-threatening problems and diseases in the brain, such as dementia. Thankfully, scientists have found ways to improve brain health. Being physically active and eating a balanced diet may preserve cognitive function and even reduce the risk of developing Alzheimer's. So while the brain only makes up a small percentage of the body, it plays a crucial role in the body's functions and overall well-being. Okay, well, sorry about having some technical glitches there. Um, what we might do, I don't know, if, if if you're willing to go ahead and unmute your mic, what we might do at this point is go ahead and um, just invite, you know, anybody to share. I, I've created a document <clears throat> so that I can kind of type up um, what we what we say in terms of uh, see, think, and wonder about this. And so if you want to type into chat, you can do that. If I can type. Get my hands on home row here. Um, and let me see if, is my audio? We can hear you. Looks like you're back on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I will figure that out on how the audio from the video can be passed through. Was that, was that okay to be able to listen to or worthwhile or was it too difficult? Like, was there, because I'm guessing there was a delay between the audio and the video, or could you tell? I couldn't tell there was a delay. It seemed like it was. Go ahead, Stuart. 
you're actually a little garbled right now as far as hearing you. Yeah, we can't hear you at all now. All right, how about now? Can you hear you're me back? <laughs> so if you'd like to know, it's because I'm wearing Target headphones that have been washed in the washer and my microphone had, had reverted to those, which do not work anymore. So anyway, we're back. All right. So uh, let's let's do a little see, think and wonder if you all want to if you want to chime in in the chat. It may be a little hard for me to track that as I as I type so other people can help. But if you want to type something in chat or you just want to, you know, say let's uh, let's what were the things that we saw? So I'm going to say uh, representations of neurons. Images of the brain. What else? How the brain controls different functions of our bodies. How the brain controls functions of our bodies. And I think we might have talked about that before, but there's the uh, autonomous. What what are the what are the two kinds and the and the um, I mean, we we have we have the the things that are that allow for volitional control, meaning we you know make a choice about them, and then there's the the parts that just work on their own. That, see, I'm going to be challenging my own scientific knowledge here. You yeah. you all, do you remember Denise? What voluntary is that? involuntary. Yeah. Voluntary and involuntary. There's voluntary involuntary, and then there's there's some other terms for that. But basically, basically, there's a ton right that the brain is doing that we don't really. You know, make choices about it. Just, just does, does these things. Thankfully, um, what else did we see in this video? Complexity. Absolutely, complexity. Um, Greg put in chat: ten billion neurons, with you know each with ten thousand uh, dendrites, a hundred trillion connections. I mean, you know, this is these are these numbers that we just can't wrap our heads around. They're so big, and when you think about, I mean. It, for me, it, it's, so, it's still so so fascinating. Well, I guess I'll put this in wonder. Um, it's so fascinating to imagine, you know, how is uh, an idea stored, um, a memory, you know? I mean, to think about how that's happening, even though we have, you know, electron microscopes and more insight into these connections, I, I don't know. At some point in science, maybe we're going to have you know, much deeper ability to say, oh, look, there's, you know, there's where Wes remembers his grandmother and, you know, going to, uh, you know, cook steaks at her, at her apartment and, you know, whatever, the, whatever the little memory in your mind, but thinking about how that becomes chemical and becomes stored, you know, is, is something that still just kind of boggles the mind. Well, you know, I wonder, I watch a lot of fantasy and fiction and sci-fi and, you know, there's always been shows where, they can go in and take out memories and replace memories. And um, I wonder if that's ever going to be a possibility where we can replace memories. Yep. Hmm. Well, wasn't that a, that was a men in black thing too, right? If you saw the, you know, aliens or something like that, they had that little thing that Will Smith would hold up and it would, you know, zap your mind. Uh, so you wouldn't, you know, be able to remember it. You think about, you know, to what degree are we going to be able to, you know, have, I mean, in fact, I don't think, was this in the, I think it was in the book, the chapter, it was talking about forgetting. There's different authors that have said, you know, don't tell me how to remember, tell me how to forget, you know, and in some cases, there's things that I want to forget that I've seen, that I've experienced, you know, and <clears throat> it's a pretty big mystery about how all that works. Greg put in uh, the blood-brain barrier, regulating chemicals that enter the brain. Um, that made me wonder you know, um, how can we keep a healthy barrier <laughs> uh, for news and social media? I don't know if you've had this experience yet, <clears throat> but just, you know, in the last week and this weekend, uh, I can find myself, you know, being open too much to current events. And uh, I think earlier this week, I was, you know, had a little trouble falling asleep. My brain was just thinking about all this stuff. And so that's fascinating to think about the brain having a barrier for that. Um, and then, you know, how we maybe volitionally need to have barriers for some things and, you know, allow other things in. So well, I, um, I was thinking about Greg's comment about the blood brain barrier, too, because they 
develop medications specifically that can pass that blood-brain barrier. And then, of course, we've got that barrier that prevents things from coming in. But although we've got that protective blood-brain barrier, it still doesn't protect us from having tumors or strokes or other things like that that happen within that barrier. That's right. That's right. And we see all these ways that our body functioning quote unquote normally, you know, does it does these things. But then when there's, you know, a virus or there's some kind of uh, disability or, you know, something that is, has changed, <clears throat> those, func those functions might not work as they're supposed to. And, you know, to what degree can we come in and augment those things or be able to change them? Um, so anything else about what, uh, what you think is going on here or obviously this is like like other videos this is to educate us about the brain um anything else about where what this makes you wonder this is greg I was wondering. go ahead greg we're thinking about how you know you look at the structure of the brain with this uh the, the majority of it being the most highly advanced portion of it they really went backwards if you look at the evolutionary scale from the amphibian brain, which is the brain stem, to these other functions of your brain to give us what makes us truly unique amongst all animals on the planet is that uh, highly advanced uh, part of the brain. And so and it, it just it is a wonder that uh, even if you damage the main part, your body can still live because of these, uh, because of the more primitive piece, pieces of your brain. Right. And I think some of that's called brain plasticity, which is the ability of the brain to adapt and some different, you know, parts of it to, you know, be able to take on function. <clears throat> and I've heard, you know, different scientists talk about, you know, the, the prefrontal cortex of our brains as humans is what really distinguishes us from all other organisms. But, you know, the size of that is physically limited by the birth canal and by, you know, the 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 human body as far as how you know how big your how big your head can be um so part of what's happening now with technology and computers is this idea of augmenting you know and not not being restricted by you know being augmented in, in the ways that your brain can access information and um you know function can even be augmented so i don't know this makes me think about Neuralink and these things about you know how we might connect the brain um to uh to, you know, to technology, which is both exciting and scary at the same time. So, okay, well, let me, let me see if I can come back here to our slideshow and go back into the presentation mode. And I've got a couple more, couple more quotations. Um, we'll see if, how that works um, as far as the document and things like that. Um, this is, anyway, I think I probably could have made that a little bit larger, but I got, I got some of, some of those ideas shared. Um, here, this is about prayer, and so one of the parts in this chapter by Swenson that's pretty interesting is this discussion about, you know, how does this help us think about prayer, and these connections, and the energy that we know is, is created, you know, by the brain, by the body, and so this is what he says, there is one additional aspect of prayer that mystifies some people, and that perhaps we can touch on before leaving the subject. How can God hear a billion people pray at the same time? And so I thought this was real interesting, because just as, and I'm inserting my own thoughts, words here, just as we saw, um, you know, our our first author, The Language of God, um, you know, just as he um, talks, uh, you know, quoted C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, here we've got Swinson doing that as well. And he says, C.S. Lewis dealt with this precise issue. And so this is quote, quoting C.S. Lewis, a man can put it to me by saying, quote, I can believe in God, all right, but what I cannot swallow is the idea of him attending to several hundred million human beings who are all addressing him at the same moment. The whole sting of it comes in the words at the same moment. Most of us can imagine God attending to any number of applicants if only only they came one by one and he had an endless time to do it in. Almost certainly God is not in time. His life does not consist of moments following one another. If a million people are praying to him at 10.30 tonight, he need not listen to them all in that one little snippet, which we call 10.30. 10.30 in every other moment from the beginning of the world is always the present for him. If you like to put it that way, he has all eternity in which to listen to the split second of prayer put up by a pilot as his plane crashes in flames. 
and um, Swinson goes on to say, there is abundant reason in the study of contemporary physics for us to view God as having, quote, all the time in the world to do whatever it is he wishes to do, and that includes listening to and answering our prayers. So um, we'll do this video. I don't, we probably won't have time for the third one, which is fine. I, I usually always over prepare a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but this is another National Geographic video, and hopefully I can get this going a little bit faster this time. I will uh, unplug my, my headphones and rotate my microphone around, and we'll try to do that same same thing that we did before. This is from a series called Brain Games that National Geographic has. This is a shorter video. This is just a minute and eight seconds. And one, I, I put this in for a couple reasons. Number one, you know, the function of of sleep is so critical. In the book, Swinson talks about how like not all organisms sleep. Like fish don't sleep. He he says they just go down, you know, go down in the water and look at a rock all night or something. And he says dolphins, I guess, we think their brains, half of them sleep at a time so they can continue swimming. I mean, God would not have had to make us sleep, but we know that we need to sleep biologically. And so um, I really think that as we have more people to kind of talk about contemporary current events, we're going to have more people apparently working from home and you know setting their own schedules and i know from doing a lot of distance learning and distance learning support can be really challenging when you've got a lot of people who are very needy in terms of you know what they um what, what they need help with and just the whole thing of setting boundaries for yourself uh is important so uh i'm gonna go ahead and unmute my or unplug my headphones i'll try to play this here Sleep is a fascinating topic. We spend a third of our lives asleep. Sleep seems to be crucial for not just like repairing our bodies and brains, but also for regulating emotion. You get cranky, you get irritable, you get anxious. There's all sorts of psychological health consequences directly attributed to not getting enough sleep. And yet, a large amount of Americans are not getting enough sleep on a daily basis. And this can have all kinds of detrimental effects in their lives. Lack of sleep is a really delicate thing. After up to 17 hours of no sleep, you can lose up to 50% of the reaction time. Your ability to make logical decisions becomes increasingly hampered, causing all sorts of potential problems in your life. This is not something that we should be messing with. Sleep is crucial to our health and well-being. I encourage everyone out there to get some proper shut-up. Okay, I'm going to have to probably switch my microphone here again. Let's see if I'm still... Okay, hopefully you can still hear me. Um... So let's let's see if you can wonder a little bit about that as far as sleep. Any uh, any thoughts you want to either put into chat or somebody just wants to to take the microphone a little bit and talk about um, yeah. And, and I don't man something. I'll just I'll start with this, and this is something that this makes me um, makes me wonder. You know, I for a long time, and I still don't. Sorry, I turn my microphone around. Um, I'm not a person that dreams a whole lot. Um, Swinson talks in the book a little bit about REM, rapid eye movement, and the different, you know, sleep modes and things. I know that when, when I got my CPAP probably about a year ago, I think that made a dramatic that that dramatically improved my my sleep. But um, you know, it's 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 interesting to me how there are some people that you meet. They're like they always remember their dreams and they'll tell you about their dreams. You know, Swinson talks about how God, you know, has has spoken in dreams to to people throughout history, and and he believes, you know, God still speaks to people in dreams. So, anyway, this uh, the wonder I'm going to put down here is, you know, uh, isn't it amazing how some people remember dreams and some don't? Um, anybody have another thought or response to that video? I was just thinking about how important um, sleep must be to our healthcare professionals right now. You know, when we're running busy, busy schedules, trying to help people around the clock, making sure, you know, that people are getting enough sleep and, and how stress can affect our sleep patterns as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's some things I've read from folks who are in Italy and the struggles that they're having, you know, dealing in, the, in their healthcare system. Um, and it's just, you know, very, very difficult in a crisis of that kind of thing. I was going to say that uh, in the military, regarding watches, we say that a uh, we say a smart man eats, but a wise man sleeps, because you can't sleep on watch. You can eat on watch, but you can't sleep on watch. Awesome. Now, and you are actually, uh, you all are able, to, you're traveling in the car, David, and uh, able to continue your connection. That is remarkably cool if that's what's happening. Yeah, it worked. We had like three bars the whole time. Um, I had to click off because um, my battery on my, we're on Kelly's phone now, my battery on my phone uh, got down to like 10%, so <laughs> started that's at 100. <laughs> that's right. You're using using all your your uh your phone's capability to, to stay connected to us right now. Any other thoughts about this video or on the topic of sleep? Well, and it seems to me like uh, sleep is crucial for our immune system as well. I mean, not only for our mental health, but just for our body's overall health um, and maintaining a good immune system. Yes, definitely. Um, well, I've mentioned to you all before, and I know I think Greg has read it. Uh, there's a, a good book that Dr. Swenson also has written on margin, and it's about maintaining boundaries. But, you know, thinking about how, you know, if we don't have sleep, if we're pushed to the limit, you know, there, there's all kinds of things that don't work as well when we when, we're, when our tank isn't full. And so I think in the midst of changing time just and, and stress is brought about by change right so in the in the midst of uh everything going on in our lives we need to we need to keep keep all that in mind so well let's see if we can maybe i don't know we'll see we might be able to do part of this um part of this video and i've got a, just a couple more quotations uh, and then we'll wrap up well it is okay let me just share these quotes and i'm gonna skip the video and we'll do some joys and concerns and again i'm going to cut the joys and concerns part out of the recorded video here are the last couple quotations from the book that i pulled out um this is swinson writing he says it has now been demonstrated that als patients with electrodes on their scalp can control a computer screen by manipulating brain waves called slow cortical potentials using a thought translation device these patients can amplify and dampen their brain waves in a way that allows them to select letters on a video screen and spell out messages for the first time says one of the researchers we have shown that it is possible to communicate with nothing but one's own brain and to escape at least verbally the locked in state and then Swenson talks about the theological implications. He says, what theological implications might this have? I occasionally wonder how God reads thoughts. I'm sure most believing Christians have never concerned themselves with such a question, but instead simply accept by faith that a sovereign God can do anything he wants, including getting inside our brains and easily reading our minds. You perceive my thoughts from afar, wrote David in a much beloved Psalm. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. Most of our prayer life, specifically silent prayer, functions precisely along the lines of such orthodoxy, and I am not sure we need to do anything more theologically than to leave it right there. And there you go, leave it right there. So I think, uh, I'll, I'm gonna take a look. This The video, I don't know, this would be fun to talk about, and we'll see, this kind of gets into ethics and and with technology. So we'll see, there's a slight chance we might, we might extend this uh, next week as far as continuing a little bit more discussion about the brain, but I am going to stop presenting my screen and uh, I'm going to stop the recording at this point in terms of, well, shoot, I can just stop the recording now. So if you've been listening, thank you so much. We're going to do our joys and concerns and we're turning off our recording. So join us next week if we're, if we're back. And I think there's a good chance we will. So I'm going to stop the recording, but please don't, don't disconnect.